Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Atkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be doing the 2005 Pride and Prejudice starring Keira Knightley. And uh, today is actually a sort of milestone because we'll have our first guest on the podcast. Yes. Yes. Please welcome to your ears, Laura Burrell. Hey. <laughs> We're very excited to have Laura. She did the art for our podcast cover art, the picture of Jane Austen and David Lynch sitting together and podcasting. She's a wonderful, wonderful artist, and we're very happy that she agreed to do the art for us and is here today yes. talking about Pride and Prejudice with us. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Yes. Um, just as a warning to everyone, this podcast recorded oddly. We're doing it slightly out of order and disjointed, so it's a bit of a Frankenstein episode. There'll be bits from here, bits from there, but hopefully it will all be a cohesive narrative in the end for everyone. <laughs> Perseverance through technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with um, Laura. First of all, tell us your experience with Jane Austen. I honestly don't have a lot of experience with Jane Austen. <laughs> um, that time period in literature is my favorite <laughs> it's tends to be really chatty really verbose um and that's i i, I think i just really love Kira knightley and that and that's why i ended up seeing this movie and it, it was just kind of stunning to me because it it seemed like this really spectacular story that i had missed but they kind of like trim the fat for the movie <laughs> and uh. i you know it just it just made it more accessible to me yeah, and that's why I think it's great that, you know, the more adaptations, the better, because you never know which one is going to bring in which people, you know? This one really spoke to you, so, I mean, I'm going to suggest for you in the future, if you have any <laughs> desire to expand your Jane Austen, try out an audiobook version. Mm. Um, yep. I find it is much easier to listen to, especially if you're having, like, if you think it's, like, too wordy or whatever, because it really, the humor really comes through. Sure, it's kind of like reading Hamlet in, like, high school or seeing accomplished actors perform it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is <laughs> that is a big difference. Um, yeah. Although Jane Austen is way easier than Shakespeare. Totally, totally. But, I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. 100%. Um, and do you have any David Lynch? Um... Yeah, uh, a little bit. Like, I saw Lost Highway when it came out. I saw Blue Velvet after Marilyn Manson talked about it in his autobiography. <laughs> um, but, man, it's been a long time. Yeah. Like, a real long time. <laughs> like, I think the last time I saw a David Lynch film was when they, whenever Lost Highway came out, I think. That was probably... I don't have it in my head, but I... Yeah, late 90s? 97 something like yeah, that yeah probably know. probably late 90s yeah 97 <laughs> oh i was so right that. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's uh do our first impressions let's start with you laura uh um this movie is just absolutely gorgeous um whenever i describe it to friends i call it a, a love letter to light <laughs> um it's just so 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 beautiful and the uh, the soundtrack is so, so gorgeous. And just the way uh, Kira Knightley plays Lizzie Bennett is just like, you know, three finger snaps across the sky for an hour and a half. <laughs> I love it. Um, and of course, the beautiful Matthew McFadden and his 
lovely deep voice. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I call this, in my mind, the sexy Jane Austen. Super <laughs> sexy, yeah. Probably as sexy as it'll get. Uh, probably. Probably. I, uh, there might be some potentially sexy-ish. I'm, I don't think any get sexier than this. Um, <laughs> mm, repress sexiness. Yeah. What about you, Christian? What was your first impression? Oh, I loved it. This is probably, like, what I expect out of, like, what I want all period films to be mm-hmm. is, like, super beautiful and just, like, shots of fields and sunlight and people meeting in the rain. That's, like, all I want. <laughs> yeah. Just running and screaming at each other, but then also you can cut the tension with a butter knife. Like, it's so, like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, I want to mm-hmm. expand on what you just said, like, a lot of period films are like too clean or yeah. too well lit mm-hmm. or they've just become modernized. And while this one isn't probably quite as dirty as it could have been, mm-hmm. I just love movies that aren't afraid to have like a filthy building or some filthy clothes yeah. or some stank wigs or, you know, yeah. whatever. I feel like it was like, cause I feel like the director used a lot of natural light yes. and stuff. And I feel like that just adds to, it makes the movie more, I guess, believable. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just believe you're there and it just makes the movie more beautiful. Yeah. Mm. It's a very beautiful movie. And <laughs> I would say my first impression, I definitely saw it in the theater when it first came out. Um, because I was already a big Jane Austen stan at that point. <laughs> um, and I loved it. I think it really um, captures the family dynamic, which is yeah. something yeah. that you don't get a lot. Um, there's feels just feels like there's so much love in the Bennett family. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe, I mean, I think it's arguable whether that's necessarily in the book, but I don't think it matters because I think the sister relationship is definitely there. And, you know, it just fills out a lot of the like, you know, what's Mary doing? What's mm-hmm. Mrs. Bennett's uh-huh. true feelings and not just the characterized representation of Miss Bennett? And what is Lizzie and her father's relationship really like? And also, like you said, it is gorgeous. Every shot is a photograph. <laughs> yeah, every, every, frame, every frame a painting. Yes. yes. And um, I, I also love the dirty, lived-in quality, especially the contrast between the Bennett's house and Netherfield. Or not Netherfield. Um, yeah, Netherfield. Mm-hmm. The Bingley's yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, of course, um, Pemberley. Is yeah, geez. Its own category <laughs> of house, but yeah. So I, I looked it up. Like uh, they're talking about how Darcy goes ten thousand a year. Uh, I think that's roughly like four hundred thousand dollars in today's. Oh, when um, I looked it up, it said it was nine, closer to a million. There you go. Wow. Yeah. All these websites. Uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? But math is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, a- a- another thing to bring up with the the family, like they're constantly talking over one another. Like mm-hmm. you know, Mary's in the background plunking on the piano. Some people are hungover. Like everybody's reaching across the table to get some taters, and you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Bennett's got his newspaper. It, <laughs> it just kind of encapu- encapsulates that um, large family chaos yeah. very well. And I, I even from the first time I saw it, the fact that they're always laughing is just, I I feel like you know, that really captures the family dynamic, you mm-hmm. know. You believe the chemistry that they had. Yes. And I, what I really loved is that it was that type of family where, like, on the outside, it looks, like, insane. Like, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then, like, it's that type of family where they're so tight-knit. Like, the minute someone outside the family makes a comment about them, they're all like, well, we're going to, like, all Close kick- ranks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to kick your ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, 
but let's get into some facts about the movie. Okay. The tagline for Pride and Prejudice, uh-huh. it had a couple, um, partially because it was being sold as like to a younger audience. They didn't ever, I mean, they did mention Jane Austen, but she was like the third or fourth thing they mentioned in the trailer. So <laughs> <laughs> it was more about Karen Knightley and this love story and the beauty. Worked on me. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the tagline, one of them was, a romance ahead of its time. Oh. I mean. It's better than most. It is ahead tags. of its time, for sure. Yeah, I would you know. say so. Totally. Yep. Well, it's like the, her character is like ahead of her time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it just fits. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I didn't live in the time, so I can't say whether there were like some women who were snapping back, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least the character was. Yeah, as the way we think of it, it's definitely ahead of our time. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the other one was, sometimes the last person you want to be with is the one person you can't be without. Oh, That's a little wordy for a tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Still better than I'm most. I'm so judgmental on the taglines. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are so, like, outlandish and just, like, well, the, the Emma one. Oh, the yeah. Always... Cupid is armed and dangerous. <laughs> I can't, like, get rid of that in my head. I think it's I the funniest thing. Ugh. And I think uh, Blue Velvet was, it's a strange world. Okay. I was like, <laughs> like what, what do we do with David Lynch? I don't know. It's strange. It's weird. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's some of the cast. Of course, we had Karen Knightley as Elizabeth Bennett, Matthew McFadden as Mr. Darcy, Brenda Blethyn as Mrs. Bennett. I just want to give a little shout out for Brenda Blethyn and how amazing she is as Mrs. Bennett. I've loved her ever since that movie, uh, Saving Grace. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of oh. you guys saw it. Was just I like haven't a seen it. No. Tiny. British movie <laughs> where I think she um, sells pot. I don't. Oh. <laughs> I gotta see that. It's yeah, really I was funny. Like, now I want to see it. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, Donald Sutherland as Mr. Bennett is great. Mm. Yeah, so good. Um, Tom Hollander, Mr. Collins. He's so stank, but so good at being stank. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very different portrayal of Mr. Collins, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Rosamund Pike, the gorgeous, amazing, beautiful Rosamund Pike as Jane Bennett. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Carrie Mulligan, her first acting role as mm-hmm. Kitty Bennett. Wow. Man, who I love and plenty of other stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Jenna Malone mm-hmm. as Lydia Bennett. This was not her first. <laughs> no. She's but so good. it was Tallulah Riley, who is Mary Bennett's first. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Judy Dench playing Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Uh, mm. So good. And um, I don't know who else to mention. Simon Woods, Charles Bingley, uh, Tamsin Merchant. Mm-hmm. That was her mm-hmm. first role, too, as Georgiana Darcy. She was supposed to be Khaleesi. Was she? Mm-hmm. Oh, She's yeah. in Westworld now. I is she? That. Yeah. Who does she play? She's one of... She's the... um. You know, like, the sexy, mean robot girl? There's, like, her sidekick, <laughs> I think. The sexy, mean robot. I'm trying to think of who that was. She I has know, blonde hair. Because I know Tulula Riley's also in Westworld. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought you said the other. Tamsin. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. My brain. Yeah. I'm no. talking about <laughs> yeah. Tulula Riley, not Tamsin Merchant. Oh. Yeah. yeah, definitely Tamsin's supposed to be uh, Daenerys Targaryen, not, oh, not Tulula. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tulula. Well, that's hard to picture because she's so young in this, but... I guess that makes sense. I guess wasn't Daenerys supposed to be really young? Yeah, though? that's true. Like fourteen. She, yeah, she was supposed to be fourteen. I would like to see Tamsin Merchant, you know, I playing do. the mother of dragons. That yeah, would be fun. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Amelia Clark was perfect, but yeah. I still she's great. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, let's see. I'll just say Claudia Blackie as Charlotte Lucas because I think she does a really good job, mm-hmm. and 
Kelly Riley. I think she's she's a really good Caroline Bingley. I like her as Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. She's gorgeous. So gorgeous. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I think she probably had the most fun in her role. It's it's so much more fun to play a villain than it is a hero. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Especially when it's cold as ice. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I also have to mention Penelope Wilton as Mrs. Gardner and Peter White as Mr. Gardner because we're doing a deep dive on them later. Oh. <laughs> um, the Gardners are really like the saving grace of that family. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're I they're mean, the bridge to the outside world. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They um, are responsible for a lot of stuff. And actually, in this movie, I feel like they are shrunk down. Oh. But they have a lot more important, especially Mrs. Gardner has a lot. Oh. I would have liked to see that because uh, isn't that actress, she is in Downton Abbey too, mm-hmm. right? She's yeah. great. I love She's, her. Yeah, I really love her. I was like, I, I would have loved to see more from her. From Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the screenwriter was Deborah Mogach. Mogach. There's a C-H at the end. I'm not sure. Um, she is an English novelist, and she's adapted many of her own novels for television and movies, including The Best Exotic Marigold, Marigold mm. Hotel, which is based on her book, These Foolish Things. So she adapted that. And then her mo- one of her most recent um, books that she adapted was Tulip Fever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Saw that one. Uh, Very bizarre. Also has adapted Diary of Anne Frank and Frank for um, television. And di- the director Joe Wright. This was not his first. Oh yeah, this was his first feature directorial debut. I guess you don't have to say first debut, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, he knocked it out of the park. It was seriously yeah, fantastic. What a debut! Yeah, and he went on to do Atonement, uh, Hana, Anna Karenina, uh. and most recently The Darkest Hour. So he's wow. had a big string of hits since mm-hmm. this. Wow. <laughs> um, originally, he didn't think he would want to do it, but he read the script and was surprisingly moved. And then he read the book, which he called an amazing piece of character observation. Mm. And it really seemed like the first piece of British realism. Oh. Um, well, let's see. This is a quote. So let me <laughs> say the whole thing. Um, it really seemed like. The first piece of British realism. It felt like a true story. Had a lot of truth in it about understanding how to overcome prejudices. Understanding the things that separate us from other people and things like that. It's <laughs> 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 not a very good conclusion for a quote. Right. But <laughs> um, uh, the screenwriter, Mogok, um, initially tried to keep the script as faithful as possible to the book, but was encouraged by Wright to deviate more, including changing the family dynamics a bit. So all the stuff we really liked yeah yeah. Um, we owe it to her yeah uh also she set it into an earlier period which helped with the costuming because it was written in the late 18th century um Uh but it wasn't published until 1813 so they set it back when it was written as opposed to when it was published Mm -hmm. which helped with the costuming um that's why there's the waists are dropped and mm-hmm. like Caroline's is more of an umpire waist because yeah, she's uh, got the modern cut. Yeah, exactly. The latest and greatest. I noticed that Jane a couple times. I think like at the big dance she would an umpire. Yeah. Uh, also, part of the reason she wanted to set it early is she, she didn't want a a clean. She didn't. She was trying to avoid like the clean Regency world look. Again, uh, although thing I, I don't really Great know choice. in real life if. Yeah. 20 years really made that much of a difference. Yeah, it's probably... Nobody was dirty anymore. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably still pretty stank. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, also Emma Thompson, patron mm-hmm. saint of Jane Austen yeah, at this point, seriously. in our opinion. Um, she helped in the script development, but she did not want to be credited. Mm. Oh. So there's a couple scenes I think I point out 
that she um right, had help right. in writing. Um, let's see. Joe Wright didn't want to watch any other Pride and Prejudice adaptations um, because he didn't want to accidentally copy them. Good call. But he did watch the um, 1940s movie because that was actually the last time that had been made into a movie. Wow. 1940s. He, he also watched uh, Sense and Sensibility and uh-huh. the other version of Persuasion that came out at the same time hmm. as Sense and Sensibility, not as <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, so it was a collaboration between Working Title Films, which is a British company, Studio Canal, which is French, and Universal Studios, obviously American. Um, relatively small budget, $28 million. That's a relatively small compared to Sense and Sensibility's $14 million. Yeah. Relatively small. But mm. that's also like 10 years different. Mm. That's anyway, true. I don't know how money works. <laughs> um, the wasn't, cat- it, wasn't it also Focus Features, too? Don't worry about it. Uh, Focus is the new Emma. Did you watch that? Not yet. I meant to, though. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw, like, a little, like, clip of it real quick. It might be Focus as well. Um, I just don't have that. Maybe they helped with distribution. Working title about. might yeah. be part of Focus. I'm right. not sure. Or maybe Focus is part of Universal, like a division of Universal. I'm maybe. Sure. They're all, like, owned by whatever. I yeah. don't know. It's a lot of <laughs> very We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the casting was difficult because of past performances. They didn't want... Um, you know, people who were too close to the past performance. And they wanted to match the ages of the characters in the novels, which works. Although mm-hmm. the one that you really want to match is uh, Li- Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But she's definitely not 50. <laughs> um, although yeah. the rest of the girls all seem like, like Georgiana seems 15. Yeah. Yeah. So they also really wanted a good bond between all the sisters. And so... And I think um, Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, too. So they had a three-week rehearsal, an improvisational period, where they all, you know, got to know each other and played games and rehearsed, which is really rare for a movie. Yeah, I I remember an interview with Tom Hollander talking about how, like, they played sardines with all the girls. And he's like, oh, this is the greatest thing, me locked in the closet with all these beautiful women. Yeah. (laughs) Matthew McFadden was like... I was jealous because I just saw them being fun sisters over there and I never got to join in. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you get for playing old stuffy McStuffertons. (laughs) He thought, uh, Joe Wright originally thought Karen Knightley was too attractive, but he chose her after he realized that she was really a tomboy at heart and had a great sense of humor. But really, she's still unearthly beautiful. That's like every person in this movie. Yeah. Which is like, it's so funny that they like, call mary like the the plain looking sister because i was like she's still like a model i know but when your um ideal is uh rosamund pike it's kind of hard yeah. for anyone to quite live up to that like perfect angelic beauty she has that's right. <laughs> yeah that's true he also thought it was good to cast knightley because matthew mcfadden was pretty relatively unknown and she was a, a bigger name so mm. it helped give that boost yeah um oh also Karen Knightley was afraid because she loved the 1996 version so she was really afraid she was going to end up copying Jennifer L's performance from that but I don't think she did and I don't um, think so either. she ended up studying etiquette history and dancing before him mm. all these actresses like to do the the studying like, yeah horseback riding, <laughs> horseback riding or etiquette <laughs> yeah um well of course you have to do the dancing because mm. that's uh, required course. and that takes a lot of um rehearsal i imagine (laughs) 
And just to remember to keep your back that straight all the freaking time. Well, when you have the corset, it's probably mm. pretty easy to remember. Probably helps, yeah. <laughs> I think I could probably still slouch in the corset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. find a way. <laughs> it would just be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, let's see. Rosamund Pike was cast because Joe Wright knew she could bring an interiority to the role. It wouldn't just play her as simple, but someone who had had her heart broken. Oh, mm-hmm. she was so good. She's so good. And yet... She does have that Jane quality of never wanting to let anything touch her face, but you can see all the emotion like yeah. right under the surface. <laughs> Which makes the break at the end so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can just picture it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also, he cast Donald Sutherland because he reminded um, him of his own father. <laughs> and he thought that Brenda Blethyn was the unsung hero of the film. Mm-hmm. Heroine of the film. Yes, I agree. Yeah, she's so good. And let's see. Last but not least, of course, he convinced Judy Dench to play the part by sending her a letter that said, I love it when you play a bitch. <laughs> Please come and play a bitch for me. <laughs> but she, it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> she only had one week to shoot her scenes. So oh, wow. they shot all of her scenes at the very beginning of filming. Wow. Yeah. And that's it for notes for today. Woo! All right. <laughs> We open at daybreak. It's dawn, a theme of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's gorgeous. We -hmm. hear a blackbird singing. (sighs) The dreaded blackbird. (laughs) 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 And it's uh, supposed to represent Lizzie. Although and, uh, we completely forgot to listen to it. Our, yeah. our brains actually chose to remember that at the very end of the movie. Yes. yes. Which was like <laughs> really like, helpful. Oh, yeah, that Blackbird was supposed to say. <laughs> yes, like, the last Blackbird we heard, we were like, we were supposed to listen to that two hours ago. <laughs> what was that theme we were supposed to remember? <laughs> right. I got too distracted by all of the sexiness walking around on this movie. Hens. Uh, yeah. And honestly, I don't really... Besides that crow call, I don't really know what a blackbird sounds like in distinguishing between it and another bird. So right. maybe that's part I of my mean, problem. Yeah. yeah. Pres- I mean, I it's something I didn't know until you mentioned. and Same. I just assumed it was, you know, ye generic songbird. Um, yeah, it was like <laughs> track number three. Yeah. Yeah. Songbirds <laughs> with a Z. Songbirds with a Z, like Lizzie. But I mean, you know... <laughs> Next time I watch it, I will try to pay attention to that because I'm a filmmaker and I love when filmmakers take the time to imbue every single tiny little thing with meaning, yeah, especially and- Foley. Foley's so much fun. It is the most fun in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I feel like that is part of what really makes this movie stand out as you can tell that he well, him, and everyone involved paid attention to every small detail Mm -hmm. of what they were doing but we get to see elizabeth bennett walking in the earliest early wee morning hours reading by dawn light finishing her book which i imagine she got to like the last chapter before she had to go to bed and couldn't see anymore and she's like up at the crack of dawn i gotta finish this (laughs) i gotta know what happened (laughs) i gotta know what happened at the end of product prejudice exactly (laughs) set my rooster alarm for 5 a.m um but she ends up back at home where we see the house which is surrounded by a moat which is quite uh cinematic i like that 
Um, it's definitely a working farm. We see animals. We see laundry. We see dirt. We see people working. People working. Mm-hmm. And as we move inside, following Elizabeth, we get to see her whole family. So Mary's there plunking away at the piano. At first, you're hearing the soundtrack, and you're like, is she playing that? And yeah. then you hear... It's really jarring with the beautiful piano music of the... Yeah, Mary's a little really jarring. Nice. Well, yeah, it was a nice touch. Yeah. And Kitty and Lydia are, Kitty and Lydia are running around, <laughs> giggling with each other. Yeah, they cackling left their heads off. All of their bonnets and bows on the table. <laughs> the, the giggliest duo, probably in the history of film. Yeah, literally every every line is like at the end, insert giggle. <laughs> yeah, especially Kitty. She. Cannot stop laughing the entire time with her little cute dimples. Say it's either yeah. giggling or sobbing. Yeah. Oh yeah, That's... sobbing. That's another <laughs> Just... extreme. Uh, and Jane is looking angelic. Of course. And uh, through the window, Elizabeth is watching her parents have a discussion, and we learn that Netherfield Park is let at last. <laughs> it's been a derelict building for quite a while, I assume. Maybe not derelict, but. Well, vacant. Yeah. Um, yeah, vacant. So I don't think a giant, uh, what, 20 million square foot mansion could be derelict. <laughs> it was probably some rich family that actually was not as rich as they thought, and then they had to move to town, and so now they're letting out their country house so that they can afford to yeah. live in town. Yeah. When we get to persuasion, we can just pretend like that house was the Elliot's house. Well, okay. You don't know about that yet, but... So, don't know an Elliot. <laughs> For the Jane Austen fans out there... <laughs> So then we go inside, and all of the girls are huddled around the doorway, and Elizabeth is like, what's happening? And they're listening to Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, and uh, Mrs. Bennett is, what's the word, browbeating Mr. Bennett, (laughs) saying, you've got to go and meet with them. I mean, they're our best hope for getting our girls married and um and elizabeth is scolding her sisters for listening at the door yes. while listening at the door yes. yeah <laughs> i don't think that there is um anything that happens in that house where there is not someone on the other side of the door listening at mm-hmm. some point <laughs> <laughs> part of the reason that we do see so much behind closed doors and listening at doors and looking through windows is that the movie is trying to be subjective from elizabeth's point of view so that's why we're always peering in and, you know, seeing things from where she stands. But, you know, even though Mrs. Bennett is trying to get Mr. Bennett and he is, you know, like, oh, I don't need to go. We find out that he's actually already gone and he's just been teasing her this whole time. <laughs> Which I think he lives for. I think yes. that's yeah. his whole MO. His yeah. library and teasing his wife. So I feel like it's very easy to, yeah. <laughs> to mess with Mrs. Bennett. Yeah. Which is probably why her daughters have so much fun. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Fucking with her. <laughs> yeah. They have a really cute relationship in this adaptation. Um, so after he tells him that he's already gone and that mr bingley is actually coming to the ball tonight oh my God. everyone screams <laughs> and squeals and laughs and giggles and jumps around and they're all asking jane can i borrow your this can you fix my this can you fix my that <laughs> and elizabeth i'll is do your just, mending for a week yeah. mary is going what's happening <laughs> and elizabeth is just watching this all unfold and just enjoying her sister's excitement and it's so cute <laughs> So then we go to our first ball, the Meriton public ball, I assume. The Hootenanny. Yeah. <laughs> Very country. Yeah, it's a country ball. It's a public ball, which 
I don't know if everyone in town gets to come to those sort of things or if it's still like you have to be above a certain level, but probably it feels like the whole town is there and they're all sweating and dancing and crammed in like sardines and jumping around and they all look like they're having the best time. And I just love, um, just the whole atmosphere of this ball. And everybody at this ball, the, this ball, like the floors are brown, the walls are brown. You know, everybody's mostly dressed in brown mm-hmm. or earth tones. It's very rustic feeling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, actually, this scene is the only scene, I believe, that they had to build a set for because the assembly halls from those times just don't exist anymore. Right. But um, okay. all the rest are actually filmed in on location in, like, huh. fancy heritage houses. Right. Um, so as soon as they walk in, Elizabeth goes straight to Charlotte and s- starts gossiping with her and Jane. Her best girlfriend. Yeah. Her and Charlotte have a great relationship. And Kitty and Lydia are immediately dancing as soon as they walk in. <laughs> <laughs> Giggling their brains out. Yeah. They go straight for the dance floor. Who doesn't have a partner here? Let me in. (laughs) (laughs) And as they're all having a grand old time, the Richie Riches arrive and the whole party comes to a complete stop to stare at them. (laughs) (laughs) Which must be kind of awkward. awkward. Yeah. As like the Bingleys and Mr. Darcy just, oh yes, we're walking in the room now. Prepare for everyone to stare at us. Um, and like when we were watching it earlier, we we really appreciated all the extras in the background because yes. they they just nailed it because they were having this great ball and they all just kind of like you know <laughs> screeched to a halt and they're just kind of like giving the Richie Riches the once over like oh yeah and, and this whole scene the extras are all really fun to watch because because it's filmed so um, like it it's all done in such big shots where they show the whole room mm-hmm. and just like they're just little in the room mm-hmm. you really get to see all the extras like running around and mm-hmm. being listening in on their conversations and running away to tell people and yeah so if you've watched this as many times as i have i definitely recommend spending a one time just watching all the background actors in this scene they do a great job so after they arrive everyone has to bow to them which just, there's so much <laughs> so weird in this time um Caroline looks stunning. Uh, of course. Darcy has a very poignant first glance at mm. Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, man, the way Kira Knightley just uh, bows and averts her eyes, it's almost like her eyelashes are resting on her cheekbones <laughs> and then they reveal her <laughs> giant chocolate eyeballs. And yeah. I, think, I think anybody would be bowled over by that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, and as soon as he walks by, she just giggles to herself. <laughs> well, she caught him. She caught him looking. She knows. So they go and take their place at the head of the room, I suppose. On, Again, on their very dais. weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the custom of that. <laughs> just we walk from one side to the other, and we'll just kind of stand here and. We're gonna disrupt your whole party, then we're gonna stand up on this stool. Yeah, <laughs> and just look. <laughs> and be really snobby about it the whole time. Well, Must con- we be here? Except for it's Mr. a country Bingley. ball. I wonder if Mr. Bingley insisted that they all come with him because he was like, I'm going to this ball and you guys are coming with me because I can't go alone. I don't know. Maybe yeah. because or, they were invited by uh, Colonel Foster, is it? or uh, Sir Lucas. Sir Lucas, yeah. yeah so they they were invited by Sir Lucas and Sir Lucas outranks them, right? So to... No. No? He doesn't outrank them, but... No? Uh, a knight? Well, he's a sir, but yeah. he's not a rich sir. 
Okay. Mm. Um, well, maybe it would still be considered And uh, I think rude. he might have gotten his mm-hmm. um, title through, like, the military or something and yeah. not, like, born into it. So, you know, even though technically it might still be considered the same in society, mm. it was he was That's definitely right. lower. I, well, still, it could have been considered rude if they refused his invitation to his ball. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, you know... Just in this version, it's like Caroline and Darcy seem to have zero interest in yeah. being there. So it yeah. feels like Bingley just said, come on, you're coming with me. <laughs> All right, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes you think of like um, that line in Emma where she uh, gets um, introduced to, um, what's her face? The one that she didn't like. Oh, Miss Zelton. Miss Zelton. And she's like, well, I, ha- I can't like, I, the only thing I can do is throw her party. I yes. don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of like the unnecessary like politeness that has to occur. Yes, parties are um, a big social currency at this time. <laughs> um, so everyone else kind of starts dancing again, and Mrs. Bennett gathers up Jane and her daughters, and Miss uh, Sir Lucas actually facilitates the introductions between them. And Thanks, Sir Lucas. This <laughs> scene, I just can't help but smile because Jane and Bingley's chemistry of this scene where they're both well he's like staring at her and she's realizing that he's staring at her and trying not to stare at him so she keeps looking at him and then looking away (laughs) it's so cute so sweet (laughs) and he seems like he's feeling very awkward but Jane immediately puts him at his ease and starts talking to him Mm -hmm. and uh, Kitty and Lydia are so excited because the officers are coming and Mary God. is rolling her eyes so hard at them <laughs> during that scene. Mary, our little goth. Oh. Oh, the littlest Regency goth girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have Jane and Bingley's first dance. He asks her to dance. And he keeps messing up the dance because he's looking at her and he's like, oh. I know. And this is one where I feel like if if you could really control it as an actor, we would be seeing Jane's face be bright red the yeah. entire yes. scene. Because <laughs> she just seems so like, I'm so happy, but so embarrassed, and I just don't know what to do. Oh, he's so cute now. Yeah, she's already totally fallen for him. Um, How could she not? He's so cute. But she has this so way handsome. of keeping a serene expression, but still showing all of the emotion underneath. In which... her neck. Yeah, and her neck. That's where she stores And her it. eyes, yes. and her eyebrows, and how high they are. Yes. <laughs> um, Elizabeth is trying to talk to Darcy, you know, just to be kind, I think. She's like, so, yeah. uh, how do you feel about dancing? And he just shuts her down. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> basically, like, I, if I can avoid it, I won't do it. Yeah, yeah, basically. So she kind of escapes from him and goes to see Charlotte. And they go hide under the bleachers where they... Again, hear Darcy say that um, that Elizabeth is tolerable, but not handsome enough to tempt him. Which is ridiculous. I know. <laughs> and total bullshit. Well, yeah, that's say. a lie. Yeah. <laughs> because Lying in this adaptation, teeth. he pretty much sees her immediately and can't stop thinking about her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, except for to Elizabeth, she's has no clue she's she just thinks he's a jerk and he doesn't like her no wait she i mean he told she totally caught him looking i know but then once she hears him talking yeah, crap about once her he's a dick to her then <laughs> then she's like that's why i think it's such a surprise when he yeah. proposes because that's the point where she's like Ugh, he hates me and i'm just gonna be mean to him forever <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna call him on his bullshit <laughs> um 
Yeah, so he does hurt her feelings a little. Um, but then there's some more raucous dancing. All the girls are dancing. I don't know about Mary. I didn't see her dancing, but... No, she, she mostly sticks with her dad. Yeah, she doesn't seem to be the dancing type. <laughs> but it looks like such a fun party. They're all hopping around, huge smiles on their faces. And Darcy and Caroline are just standing there apart from everyone, like real sticks in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> just this whole scene is just so full of so many looks and glances and like the ba- so the earliest stages tension. of falling in love. And Mrs. Bennett is drunk <laughs> and embarrassing. <laughs> I don't like it when Mr. Bennett fans her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and Darcy is just so serious. He has such a stick up his butt in the scene. And they have a little, another little uh, dialogue where Jane and Mr. Bingley are talking and Elizabeth and Darcy. And, and he says, what, well, what do you recommend to encourage affection? And she says, dancing, even if one's partner is barely tolerable. And yeah. she <laughs> turns around and walks through the rest yeah. of the crowd like, I can't believe I just said that. I'm so glad I just said that. <laughs> she, yeah, she really put him in his place. She let him know not only she heard the bullshit he was saying about her, but also just called him on his high and mighty shit mm-hmm. i love it i think yeah. that was probably like his first uh, like moment of huh like this yeah. girl's um, that's where he really, really falls in love <laughs> well you gotta think like mr darcy you know he makes like everybody's impressed with mr bingley making 10 or five thousand a year and then darcy makes double that yeah. so he's probably just everybody in his life is deferential to him oh for sure and like even to like a cloying manner like caroline so when somebody is just like, Psh, fuck you, you ain't shit. Yeah. He's like, whoa. He's like, I, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need more of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the end of the dance, and we go back to the house, and we get some under-the-cover sister secrets. <laughs> 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 and we see that Jane likes Bagley, and she's she's just so cute. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Where she just can't contain herself, and she just has to... Bare her face in the pillows. <laughs> she's like the most pure character. I know. <laughs> on yeah. This, she's really uh, unbelievably pure. <laughs> yeah. Like how she like can't say a bad thing, even about Caroline later in the movie where yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth's like, really? Like, she's the worst. She's a good girl. I mean, there are good girls in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have breakfast the next morning and we... Uh, kind of are laying out the financial predicament of the ladies of the Bennett family and how if they don't get married, they're screwed when their father dies. <laughs> and also just real quick, uh, one of the meta analysis analyses that I read about this film was how much the Bennett family is centered around the dining room table and how they flop <laughs> <laughs> and how, you know, they're just eating all these rustic foods and they're reaching over one another and they're talking over one another and it's utter chaos. And, you know, Mr. Bennett's got his newspaper out all the time and he's there with his family and still presiding over it. But it's just a really nice internal view. Whereas I think other adaptations, other representations of the Regency era, you don't get to see that relaxed family atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like most adaptations try to, I mean, I feel like we do this with everything in history always is we pretty it up and we romanticize it. But if you really think about what it was really like, we live in a way more pretty it up 
lives than they lived. Oh, I mean, they sure. didn't have 100%. air conditioning. They didn't have internal heat. They didn't have toilets. You know, they lived with animals running in and out of their house. Right, <laughs> right. And we, you know, I think we also think of past humans as being way more civilized than us. And it's just not true. Like Or stupider, which is also yeah. something I find that we do with history a lot. Mm -hmm. We just assume... Oh, well, we're obviously the smartest we've ever been. But right. They were is... just as smart. They just didn't know yeah, as I much mean, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, some dude a thousand years ago, maybe more. I'm, everybody's going to jump on me for this, and I apologize. But the dude <laughs> figured out the circumference uh, of the Earth using shadows. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Before we even <laughs> acknowledged that it was round. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but to the point where, you know, yeah, we've always... We're, we've always been terribly smart, but we've also been totally dirtbags, too. Like, you know, in uh, the ruins of Pompeii, there's, like, graffiti that says, you know, Antonio sucks dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've always been the same. We've always been human, and we always will yeah. be. Yeah, and that's what I really like about this adaptation is because you can yeah. really... It feels like real life. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. that ball feels like what I imagine a real ball from that time feels like. Yeah. Their house feels like the paint is falling off the walls yeah the brickwork is like everywhere. falling and yeah yeah and you know i mean even in the book you know she does describe elizabeth as having her hymns are covered in mud so mm -hmm. you know, say Caroline even makes mention in of that the too. book where there's very little actual description um there is enough description to say yeah things are dirty <laughs> <laughs> which duh but okay so we're having breakfast and a letter for Jane arrives, and it is from Caroline Bingley, Ooh. and she's inviting her to dinner, except for her brother's not going to be there, so... Which, why? Why? He's probably going out to shoot. <laughs> it's like their main <laughs> form of entertainment in the country. Um, go hunting or whatever. Or Caroline's Some form shit. of hazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, like in the book... Okay, so Caroline has been uh, combined from two characters, right? They're, no, they're... I mean, they just left out the other character. I don't think they actually combined her with the okay. other character. But so there's another Bingley sister, and she's oh. married to this kind of oafish gambling person. Uh -huh. He's just, I mean, just like a he dork. usually is just completely oblivious to everything and yeah. just you know, only concerned about his sport and stuff. Uh. But so, like, <laughs> but the sisters had kind of an ulterior motive in, like, inviting Jane over to dinner while their brother was out? Maybe they were just trying to suss her out? Probably. No, I think, well, I mean, I think it's because she's the only person in the whole neighborhood who they consider to be cool enough to hang out with them because she's oh, so the you most think beautiful. It was... Okay. I think it's purely superficial. Okay. But they also are making sure that their brother isn't there when she comes over because they don't want to actually encourage that. Right. <laughs> you know? Not yet. But Mrs. Bennett is not going to fall for any of that. She's yeah. already got her plans underway. Rolling she, up her sleeves, Jane, whatever. Jane is going by horseback. <laughs> I love that in unison. Horseback! <laughs> yes, and... Blackbirds and horseback. And <laughs> <laughs> we are having some technical difficulties today. Um, so Jane arrives. She's sneezing immediately. Probably got sick, actually, the night before at the Meriton Ball because... It was 
quite the festive Gross. little <laughs> little wooden box full of people and germs. Plus, those balls, you know, last until like four o'clock in the morning. So yeah, <laughs> say no sleep. Exactly. I love how she tries to smile and then sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we immediately find out that um, she is sick and has had to stay for multiple days. We assume. Which well, when uh, the their mother, the witch, stirred potions into her cauldron and called up that rainstorm to inflict <laughs> illness and danger upon her child. And now she's using her cauldron to dye ribbons with yeah. the rest of the girls. <laughs> but uh, because they play up this relationship between Elizabeth and her mother so much, um, and like they're kind of... Uh, antagonistic slightly dynamic between them mm-hmm. um this scene i think is really important to that because um uh, elizabeth says or uh you know uh mrs bennett says nobody dies of a little cold and elizabeth goes yeah but she may well perish from the shame of having such a mother yeah and we see it poor mrs bennett's face right there and i'm thinking yeah that's why she hooks you up with mr collins yeah <laughs> it's revenge but, i mean i think it's uh mr bennett has the best line in that scene he says uh if jane does die it will be a comfort knowing he did she did it in pursuit of mr bingley yes <laughs> i was like oh yes I, I find lizzie and mrs bennett's like relationship so like spot on with like teenage even though like i don't think lizzie's a teenager well but... she's 20 I, so it's like teenage i still count that as yeah teenager. yeah because so, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like the re- relationship in ladybird yeah. between the mom and the daughter like it's very like mm, we love each other that. but oh we it's have... pretty good oh what <laughs> i know i've seen a lot of. i've seen but... every jane Austen adaptation i didn't see this Get it together. I've seen every adaptation a hundred times, which is why I have no time for Lady Bird. (laughs) You need to make time. That's that's how I am. It's on my list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. (laughs) Um, So Elizabeth walks walks to Netherfield. um, And that's a lovely shot, too, even though it's actually a CGI shot. He was... Because I listened to the commentary, and he was... You know, it's funny because he was pointing out all the times that the lighting was weird or the CGI was weird. And I'm like, really don't have to point it out. I would have never noticed. But uh-uh. yeah, that's partially a CGI shot. Um, was it raining? No. Was it raining that time? No. No, no, no. it's just kind of a uh, gray. Okay. Yeah. Murky. Well. It's just like one little tree on the horizon and her walking across. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of the 20 other walking in the rain yeah. scene. So. <laughs> well, there's a very important rain scene. Um, so Elizabeth arrives at Netherfield, and it's such a contrast, because I think this is the first time we really see Netherfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is, first of all, huge and pristine. There's yeah. not a drop of mud. There are a million perfectly quaffed servants. There are no bonnets on any tabletop. There are no piles of ribbons. <laughs> no. No, they're all sitting there at the height of fashion in their sterile giant house. Mm-hmm. And here comes traipsing at Elizabeth with her Her hair hem- all wild. <laughs> her hem six deep inches deep in mud. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, How's my sister? And Darcy goes, She's upstairs. <laughs> yeah but so like he's sh- so we've already established he's deeply in love with her and just, just can't admit it wow. and <laughs> and she constantly whether purposefully like cutting him down mm-hmm. or just her very presence just 
disrupts his whole world. Like he forgets his manners. Like he's sitting at the table staring at her, and he's like, "Shit!" And he stands yeah. up real fast. Oh, I like and bows. that. Yeah, he just can't. Con- he can't be nice because he can't. Because um, she shocks him so much. I like that. Yeah. Um. So she goes to visit her poor sister, and Bingley just thinks it's so delightful that she's ill. I mean, just ill here. Not ill in general, but ill at my house. I mean, she could be ill here anytime she wants to be ill here. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, that's the exact same reaction. So Bingley and Darcy have the exact same reaction to the same, to the sisters. Like, yeah. their whole world is completely disrupted. So they can't function. <laughs> so their brain gets scrambled. Yeah. Right. They're, they they have scrambled eggs for brain. Yeah, they're like, around uh, these women. Uh, but so- Jane is, uh, whereas... And Jane will always help him along and smooth it over and like, you know, be like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But whereas Lizzie's just going to like tease and torment. Oh, of course. (laughs) Well, and Darcy would never actually admit to himself what's going on in his own head. Right. (laughs) Or how he's actually feeling. Not yet. And uh, we cut back to Netherfield for a minute. And we see a giant pig walking through the house. And Mrs. Bennet just stares at these Pig balls, these giant. Yes, pig thank balls. you, Miss Bennett, <laughs> Mrs. Bennett, for making us giant. Oh, God. It's so funny, and uh, so she's just telling, you know, giving Mister Bennett the update. But she's about to go into town with her girl, the rest hold, of the girls. Sorry, hold on. Let's go back to the pig balls. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we hear Miss. We also hear Mister Bennett droning on and on about how the relationships of those pigs. So they're, they're pig farmers. They're, they're, they're studying out their pig. <laughs> One of their many money-making ventures, I assume. <laughs> right. And the, he's talking about the pig of Norrington. There are so many giant pigs in this movie in the background of every scene. <laughs> I'll say it's my fever dream. I, <laughs> I love pigs so much. <laughs> I want to know who the pig of Norrington is. I want to know why this is Well, there's a pig at the very end in the street, a really large pig. Oh, yeah, it's a huge pig. Maybe that's it. I thought there was, like, some background dialogue about that pig. So I think there was. Maybe that's that's him. Well. He made his appearance. (laughs) (laughs) His walk through town. And everyone stops and stares like they did to the Bingley's. Yeah, we're going to stud out this pig. (laughs) Um, But... The the Bennets, the Bennett girls with Miss Bennett, have to go into town because the Redcoats have just arrived, and they have to go and uh, stare at them with the rest of the town as they're parading by. And Lydia has her handkerchief, and she's determined <laughs> to get a man, one of these soldiers, to pick up her handkerchief. So she throws it out in the crowd, and they all just walk over it. Of course, because they're marching in formation. They're going to fucking stop and, like, <laughs> pick up, up a, a handkerchief. But That's it's dirty. so funny, because Kitty and Mrs. Bennett afterwards just laugh at her. Because <laughs> she was so confident. She was like, all you have to do is throw your handkerchief out, and someone's going to get it. Like, she was like, I, I know someone's going to pick it up for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, then... actually, later, that handkerchief trick... It does work when it's an accidental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now we get to a really great scene. This one uh, was in contention for my favorite scene, but they're whiling away the hours at Netherfield and Caroline is really trying to get Darcy's attention. She's being very obnoxious to him. Um, very coquettish. <laughs> yes. And Bingley, they're talking about accomplished ladies, and Bingley says, oh, it just seems like all ladies are just so accomplished. They just do everything. And... You all embroider pillows. And... <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and Darcy's like, no, they're not accomplished. <laughs> that's no, that's just a trifle. And uh, Caroline is being so rude. And I always think, well, at least in this adaptation, I think, I bet one day when Caroline has, you know, lived in the world a little longer and has a little more experience, she'll look back. Uh, and after Elizabeth and Darcy have gone together, she will look back on this conversation and be cringe, <laughs> be embarrassed by her own. <laughs> one, one hopes. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, this is definitely in contention for one of my favorite scenes, too. Like, mm-hmm. because they, they're just setting up this unrealistic expectation of what a woman, a lady, should be. Mm-hmm. You know, she has yes. to know languages, she has to know drawings, she has to, she has to do all these things. She has a certain air about herself. <laughs> yes. And Lizzie's like, bullshit. Yeah. You don't know, you say you know half a dozen women like this, you don't know fucking one because this person is a fantasy. This she's, person yeah. doesn't exist. She, she says, like, I never saw such a woman. She would certainly be a sight to behold. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Bingley laughs. Bless him. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Because he's like, he's so pure too. He's just like, oh, you guys can sew. He's like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can't do it. And uh, Caroline asks, elizabeth to take a turn around the room with her and elizabeth looks like okay (laughs) well so well no lizzie knows exactly what she's doing because like caroline definitely i think caroline senses that lizzie is her competition Mm -hmm. and so why do they take a turn around the room to present their bodies right and caroline clearly thinks that she's like gonna like outshine lizzie in every way oh, with yeah. her air of being and her better dress and, and her, her walk yeah yes she and lizzie's just like yeah whatever bitch i'll do she's this like, but her I can... face when she asks her is just like okay. yeah she's like all right but yeah she just wants to show what she looks like in comparison to elizabeth like, yeah a look, direct comparison look at me next to her and you tell me who's prettier yeah and uh darcy <laughs> ultimately does <laughs> <laughs> So Caroline is just staring at Darcy during this whole scene. Darcy is speculating that they're only doing it because they either they have secrets to discuss, which I mean, everyone knows, including Darcy, that that is not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that they are aware that their figures look better standing up, in which case he's better just observing them from where he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird, like, like flirt. Yeah, it's, like, it's a flirty on. barb. Like, but like, so like, okay. Yeah, it's very like, I feel like that's kind of a, just, Darcy, you're not winning any favors here. Like, not very but, but then like, Caroline's like, what can he mean? And uh, Elizabeth has rightly says the surest way of disappointing him is to not ask him about it at all. Like, <laughs> she is way better at this game of chess yeah. than... Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's there. They are trying to find a fault in Mr. Darcy. Yeah. And he says, well, it's because my good opinion once lost is lost forever. And she says, oh, I can't laugh at that. It's just sad because I really love to laugh. And Caroline goes, <laughs> a family trait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up, Caroline. Like, Caroline was like, I can't get the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Let me throw that in real quick. Yeah, Caroline... And it's just nice, that that nice framing. He's in the center, and they complete their circuit, and they cross yeah. behind him yeah. mm-hmm. for returning to their seats. Yeah, it's staged really, really well. And then all of the Mrs. Bennets come. All the Miss Bennets come with <laughs> Mrs. Bennet. And it's just so funny, them all sitting on the couch together. 
<laughs> and Kitty is cannot control her laughter the entire time. She, she's like literally oh, vibrating. <laughs> just that's how she breathes. It's just yeah. like laughing. And then Mary, dressed in all black, is just sitting there like stoic. Like, why am I here? Yes. Why can't I be at home playing and, the piano? Yeah, and like it's very interesting all the postures. Like, because before this, like uh charles is like totally slouched like mm-hmm. whatever like chilling at like home eating his out. breakfast and darcy has a perfectly straight back so does caroline and when they all meet you know the men are standing why why do the men stand why is this a thing all the men must stand formality yeah. oh, right. <laughs> i yeah. guess you must stand for like a lady in the room yeah yeah darcy looks like he's a stick up his butt this whole scene right <laughs> and like Elizabeth has that same ramrod posture because she's so nervous. What is her fucking family going to fucking say in this scenario? <laughs> she's like, why are you here? Yeah. And maybe she is right to feel a little embarrassed because yeah. uh, Mary, they're talking about having a ball. And well, first Kitty's like, have a ball! <laughs> and she's like, Kitty, no. Yes. Just a little she's tiny like, head shake. And then Mary, up. the sensible one, says, oh, what does she say? Something about instead of dancing, conversation should be the order of the day. And yeah. Caroline goes, but rather less like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> and poor Lizzie's still trying to salvage it. Thank you, Mary. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think she like. I think she really loves Mary, and she like. Yeah. She loves her whole family, and she yeah. just wants yeah. them to do well. And, and well, she's like, normally I, I don't think Caroline actually has that line, but I think it really works with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. That line. She's just so funny. <laughs> I just love Caroline, even yeah. though she's like the most shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she does it so beautifully. Yeah. She really does. <laughs> um, so, but Jane has recovered, and I guess that's why they came to come pick her up. And we're all saying goodbye, and Darcy must come out to help Elizabeth in the carriage because it's his one mm. chance to touch her hand. And this. The level of smolder in this scene could literally set a house on fire. But so, so that was really for this guy who's a stick in the mud, who has a ramrod straight posture the entire time, who's super, super used to ever being def- everyone being deferential to him, and everything has to be prim and proper and just the way it is. Like for him to touch her is extremely inappropriate. No, not to get no? into a carriage. No. She shoots him a look like, I why think, the fuck did you touch me? Because I think she doesn't expect him to help her because she thinks that he does not like her. I think mm. maybe it's like, I, I would say like more inappropriate in his mind because he's like, I don't like these people. I don't want to be around these people. But you see him be kind of like this like... He can't help himself. Intimate. Yeah. <laughs> this like one like little like second of intimacy yeah. with Lizzie. And she's like, why? <laughs> like, you don't like us. Yeah, I don't think it's actually inappropriate for him to help her into the carriage. But, um, you know, if he was just to take her hand randomly. She'd be like, why? Yeah. But I don't think she expected him, of all people, to be the one helping her. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets the old tingly fingers and he has yeah. yes. stretches. And I, I don't know if sexy. that's our first hand close-up, but we get several. Yeah. First of the sexy hands. <laughs> yeah. This, oh, there's so much smoldering in this movie. Um, okay, so they get home, and Mary goes straight to the piano and starts <laughs> plunking away. And we find out from uh, Mr. Bennett that while they were away, he got a letter from Mr. Collins. Mm, the yeah. dreaded cousin. The dreaded cousin who's going to inherit their home when Mr. Bennett dies. Which may, in fact, be very soon. 
apparently. <laughs> it sounded like she was like, you will die any day. Well, you know, I mean, that's got to be your biggest fear at that yeah. point. Oh, anyway. uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Collins arrives. He is not your typical portrayal of Mr. Collins, but I think that he is quite good regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, So then we have dinner with him and the family. And they all are trying so hard not to laugh in his face the whole time. <laughs> um, he is name dropping Lady Catherine de Berg like nobody's business. And we can really, really see Elizabeth and her father's relationship in this mm-hmm. scene. They're like mm-hmm. sharing glances, like you know. Alberta. Oh my God, this piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the kind they particularly like, I think, to observe and make yeah. fun of. Oh, for sure. You know that she goes into his office later that night and they just laugh and laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and there's a really funny um, Mr. Collins talking about how he he likes to make up these little compliments. And Elizabeth is like, now, do you come up with these ahead of time or just come up with them on the fly? And he's like, oh, I come up with them ahead of time, but I try to make it seem like I'm coming up with them on the fly. <laughs> and like Jane's kicking her under the table. Yeah. <laughs> Lydia is choking next or trying to laugh and pass it off as a choke next to her. Yes. And <laughs> she's like, <laughs> And then he's like, um, so I was thinking after dinner, I might like read to you from a sermon for a couple of hours. Ugh, a nightmare. <laughs> to yeah, see the absolutely. aftermath. They're all just like yawning on the couch. And yeah. he's talking to Mrs. Bennett and he's informing her that, you know, I basically came here to marry one of your daughters. And I mean, Jane is super hot. Yeah, she's, she's your most eligible daughter. So, and she's has to inform him well yeah but i think she's gonna be engaged soon so why don't you go after lizzie (laughs) and that's also where i'm thinking elizabeth you should have been way nicer to your mom all these years (laughs) no her mom is rude (laughs) because uh, nobody wants to get hooked up with mr collins mary loves him she wants him (laughs) well that's open for debate (laughs) sees most adaptations like to put that on her well it's Um, like so subtle in this one because she every time he comes in the room and everyone's ignoring him she's the only one paying attention and oh yeah there's like these like second long like looks at him as he leaves the room it's like this really weird underlying thing (laughs) she's like wait i'm boring and flat too (laughs) (laughs) i have no interest in intimacy please well she i mean I, i bet she has read the four dice sermons that he is reading to them. Right. It's probably like one of her favorite books. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote down, why does Mrs. Bennett hate her daughter? And then I said, probably because Elizabeth rolls her eyes at her every time she says something. Well, also <laughs> because like Mrs. Bennett is driven by fear that her husband's going to die and her, her daughters and herself are going to be on the street and destitute. And like, like Mrs. Bennett doesn't give a shit if somebody marries for love, she just wants everybody to be be safe. And whereas Lizzie is the exact opposite ideology. She's like, I'm never going to get married because, you know, I'm not going to marry somebody just because they're conveniently rich. rich. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So move on. Wickham is out collecting women's handkerchiefs that have fallen onto the ground. <laughs> As you do when you're a total creepy person who Weird. offers 15-year-olds promises of marriages Ugh. and yes. then I mean, takes Wick- off. Wickham is never a good guy, but in this version, I don't particularly like him at all. I think... 
so weaselly. I hate, I hate to say that anything is my least favorite, but I, he's definitely my least favorite portrayal of Wickham in any Sorry, adaptation. <laughs> Sorry, he just doesn't have the charm that I feel. But, you know, he's also so much smaller of a character in this. Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't really have all that much. But, I mean, I, I do disagree with you on this because I do find him charming. And <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, yeah. He's just smarmy and gross. I mean, <laughs> obviously he is smarmy and gross, but, like, it's obvious too that elizabeth is falling for his charms and she likes trading witticisms with him and it's obviously that that she finds him attractive yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know if we can say much for his charms (laughs) what about that great buckles joke bro yeah (laughs) buckles and ribbons yeah he does do that magic trip for uh lydia maybe Mm. that was a little something yeah it's <laughs> just like a weird foreshadowing yeah yeah but she definitely does notice his pretty face and his pretty bottom <laughs> <laughs> and they are flirting as they go ribbon shopping oh uh, that this is where i wrote that i think i like how lydia always looks shiny and sloppy yeah mm-hmm. oh and i forgot to mention when they all came to the bingley's kitty and lydia were wearing they look like they're wearing Easter dresses. Yeah. They have so many ruffles, so many bows. And they like Kitty is wearing a green dress and a pink jacket. And Lydia's wearing a pink dress and a green jacket. Yeah. And they just match each other. And they're just. And Mary's like in like dark yellow, charcoal grays and yes. rounds. And, <laughs> and that. Oh, it's just so nice when they sit down on that couch and like the fabric just billows up together. <laughs> it's just so airy. Yeah. But back to um, Wickham. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, well, let's go past that scene. We're all walking by the river. Wickham is walking them home, I guess. Mm. And uh, Mr. Darcy and Mr. Bingley ride up, and neither of them can actually ride horses in real life. So apparently that was a real interesting scene to <laughs> oh, film. <laughs> I mean, they look good in that scene. Good job, guys. Oh, totally. I think they look... I mean, I would never have known if I hadn't listened to the commentary. Yeah, same. Basically... You know, they're they're in, doing introductions, and the whole time Darcy is, like, growling with his eyes at Wickham. Mm. <laughs> yes. It's just like... Just, just like, burying his teeth. Like, and um, they ride off in a huff, and Elizabeth is a little baffled. Yeah, she's like, what? <laughs> so she wants to know, what the, what the heck was that all about? And Wickham tells her his woes without any... Whoa. Um, <laughs> and he needs to, uh, in, you know, he's, she's just like, tell me. And he tells her. <laughs> There's no, yeah. no finagling to get it out of him. And, oh, I mean, of course, you can't trust Wickham. But yeah. He tells, he tells his bullshit line and she eats it up. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I, I just, I guess I just have such a dislike of this particular Wickham that I'm like, why would anyone ever believe anything you say? <laughs> <laughs> to me, he's like the Mr. Elton of this movie. Yeah. I was like, I didn't yes. like you. <laughs> he's definitely the villain. <laughs> the I worst. mean, one of the villain, the main villain. And then just get progressively worse throughout the show or movie. <laughs> but we're about to go to a ball. So all the Yay. ladies got to get ready. And we have, they introduced this scene by showing us Betsy, the house made mm-hmm. going around and singing mm-hmm. to herself and mm-hmm. setting up ribbons all over and um you know uh, kitty and lydia are giggling and mary's just not even getting ready at all in the background <laughs> <laughs> and jane and elizabeth are getting there they're doing each other's hair and they're both so unspeakably gorgeous oh i know uh, i really love this scene because it's like it reminds you of like 
when you were like smaller and you're going to like this like you know, like a wedding or like a big party yeah. and you're like I gotta get dressed up like it's fun and you're yeah. like I'm so excited yeah and everyone's wearing white mm-hmm. yeah. all the ladies at least except one one lady at the party I remember looking in the background and she's got this beautiful brocade piece on but anyway sorry oh really <laughs> yeah. because it's I like think... golden it's gorgeous oh it's probably like a gold and white you know I yeah. think there it wasn't like all the same shade of white it was yeah, all, yeah 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 yeah, yeah but she like... really stood out to me yeah. So they walk in. Elizabeth is super distracted. She can barely even make her proper hellos because she's looking for Wickham everywhere. She's wandering around the party. We have all these long tracking shots. This is where Mr. Darcy comes in and kind of, you know, hovers behind her where she can't see. <laughs> and then disappears like a ghost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Wickham is not there anywhere. And Mr. Collins ambushes her and forces Ugh. her to dance with him. So gross. And he's just so squirm-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> so they start dancing, and this is a really fun, chatty dance scene where Jane is trying to tell Elizabeth the story of why Wickham's not there, and Mr. Collins is trying to express his intention to stay close to Elizabeth throughout mm-hmm. the evening, and she doesn't know who to listen to, and it's <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I really like this scene. It's uh, staged really well. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so immediately after that, uh, uh, I won't say dreadful, but, you know, not the best dance. She's giggling no. with Charlotte when she walls, walks straight into uh, uh, the, the wall of Mr. Darcy's yeah. chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. And she just seems so flummoxed in that moment, like, and he asks her to dance and she says yes because she can't think of a good excuse not to say yes yeah. and well also she probably no, secretly wants secretly. to yeah. i feel like she's also like this will be interesting since he doesn't like to dance yeah well i mean <laughs> but we have seen oh actually i don't think we actually see him mm-hmm. dance till after this dance. Yeah. yeah he's dancing with caroline after that but so one of the first times we see him and her interact he's like i don't dance those fucking for losers Mm-hmm. And then he wants to know how to encourage affection, you know, because my asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that again? And she's like dancing. And so what's the very next, what's the very first thing he asked her to do next time at a dance? Dance. Dance. Yep. So sweet. <laughs> and um, they have their dance. and Which um, is, ugh, so good. And That's I so put... Good. I just want to shake Darcy in this scene because he is so clenched. <laughs> he is. He's tight. He, like, can't loosen up and just have... I, And uh, Elizabeth's not giving him an inch either. And they're having this kind of flirty banter, but they do not appear to be flirting with each other at all. They are having... And this is just a very intense interpretation of this scene. It's, yeah. like, very... Uh, smoldery. I mean, smoldery is the word for this movie, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they're having fun with it at all. They're just... Mm-mm. Oh, I don't know. I... Well, she doesn't seem... You know, sometimes she can be giving witty banter and she seems delighted with herself. But in this one, she just seems over it. <laughs> <laughs> but they still have a lot of sexual tension. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> like, it's to the point, I think they're both extremely uncomfortable uncom- with it. But so... I want to take this moment to say hello to my sister, Andrea, because she and I have talked about this scene so many times. We both love this movie. We adore it. And this particular scene, we, we both agree it's just perfect. Like, we've got these people who are just like, you know, just poking at each, poking other. At each other. Like, yeah, well, what about this? Yeah. And then they just 
kind of fall into their own little world and no one else is around and the mm-hmm. camera you know takes yeah. that quite literally yes I love that. <laughs> yeah i uh the very first time i watched it I remember like halfway through that part where there was nobody with them once yeah. the people dropped out I is when I realized there were no people and I was like, oh, they totally tricked me. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I, li- I liked how, um, I don't know, I fet like, like Elizabeth could like definitely tell how like tense he was and how nervous he was and so she was like well i'm gonna take advantage of it and fuck with him yeah and she does during the dance and she can tell by him the way he answers that he's all flustered and then she kind of like in her own like satisfaction with herself finds herself like also enjoying being with him yeah and then i guess like with that shot where it's just them two because you could definitely tell from her reaction at the end of the dance that she was like whoa yeah that was intense yeah crazy i think they're both a little overwhelmed yeah she was like yeah they feel a lot for each other they're they haven't quite put their finger on what it is they feel for each other but they just feel a lot for each other a surprising amount considering how little they really know each other i think darcy goes home and masturbates furiously to her (laughs) (laughs) cutting that out (laughs) (laughs) um so Okay, so after the dance, we have uh, the embarrassment parade, <laughs> which is what I think of it, because we have a long tracking shot where we see all of the members of the Bennett family being embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Collins starts it off by being determined to embarrass himself in front of Darcy. Of course. With that beautiful elbow trick. Yes, the oh, fun little so turnarounds. Good. And then, um, oh, and Caroline's right there to point out, you have very interesting relations, don't you? <laughs> and Which Lizzie have... doesn't even reply. They just bow to one another like, yeah. all right, yeah, I yeah. agree. I was say, Shh, fuck you. I would have like loved if Lizzie was like, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. I know. It would be fun if Caroline and Lizzie actually became friends. Yeah. And was... maybe, maybe they do, because after she marries Darcy, I'm sure she probably sees Caroline a lot. Cause... But then would Caroline try to ingratiate herself to Lizzie, or would she... No, that she probably starts off acting like she hates her, but then I bet after a while... After some witty banter. You know. Yeah. They have a conversation about something, and they both realize... Well, I've been a little hard or on they, you this whole time. <laughs> or they have like a common enemy. Or else Caroline just immediately gets married and they never see each other. Right. That also could happen. <laughs> could happen. We follow uh, Elizabeth out and we continue the embarrassment parade with Mary singing a dirge <laughs> on the piano. I don't think it's embarrassing. I think it's sweet. I oh. mean, it's those... sweet, but it's definitely out of place. And those probably. Party, she's oh. like, the planet sets. <laughs> <laughs> and those drunken hussies just standing there laughing, laughing at her know. face. It's so sad. And Mr. <sighs> Bennett comes over and stops her. And that's like, embarrassing. Enough. She runs away. Poor Mary. Um, and we see a drunk mom talking about how she's going to get her kids with other rich people once Jane and Bingley get married. And that's embarrassing. And we see Kitty and Lydia drunk and laughing. Fumbling <laughs> themselves through the party. And that's embarrassing until we finally pull all the way through the house and we see Elizabeth hiding in a back room. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, God. Which feels... Very familiar. <laughs> Which another another shout out to the cinematographer. Holy crap, that long tracking shot, absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. And then also there's that scene of Mrs. Bennett flicking whatever like 
Jello or pudding yeah. in her cup. I always thought it was like <laughs> sherbet or something. Yeah, and then she was like, let me go ahead and scrape the spoon on your shirt to get it <laughs> yeah. off. So like drunkenly Drunk like, logic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, Charlotte, uh, at some point in this scene, Charlotte is giving Elizabeth some very sensible advice about how Jane needs to show a little more affection towards Bingley if she really wants him to marry her because... She's like, men don't get the point. You've got to be super obvious. <laughs> you got to be literal. Yeah. Oh, and Mr. Collins is standing there contemplating his little daisy. And that Ugh. that part, you, you almost feel bad for him standing there you? thinking about his proposal I mean, that's coming up. Yeah, I mean, you you know, you know you mentioned earlier how his portrayal is different in this version than other ones. And I, like I, like the Colin Firth one, he just feels smarmy and a little vindictive. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he just feel he just feels utterly clueless, like earnest. Right. Oh, yeah. And like in way over his head <laughs> with the lady Catherine de Berg and like his new parsonage and just everything like, w- sorry, we'll get to the part where he proposes. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're almost there. Um, I, yeah, I just, I almost feel bad for him in that. And then we get the part where I really feel bad is, Poor little Mary crying, Ugh. and her dad comes in and hugs her, and he's such a good, such a good papa. He's very he's sweet. <laughs> and yeah, then, then Elizabeth High is hiding, so possibly reminiscing on her dance with Mr. Darcy. Mm, yes, like whoa, not wanting to run into anybody at this point. No. Like, <laughs> She's I, like I can't keep my my feelings. She's like I'm too hot. I need to go outside. Right <laughs> I smoldered too much. Yeah. <laughs> so they're the last to leave at another daybreak. Jeez. A second dawn. The, the carriage the ride of shame. <laughs> Seriously, at like what, like seven a.m. I was like, yeah. Oh my but god. But they're they all seem perfectly pleased. It's uh, Caroline who says, "You can't be serious, Charles." <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way he looks in that scene. He just looks so tired and so yeah. drunk, and his hair is so fucked up. Yeah, he's like, I, I just had so much fun. Yeah, but he, yeah, he had a great time, but. Obviously not good enough to not be talked out of moving immediately. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine Caroline in your ear all the time. What else are you going to do? And Mr. Darcy, yeah, too. Yeah, Mr. Darcy, really, that convinces yeah. him. So I wanted to do some deep dives. This is for the first half. Mm-hmm. And since she's only really has stuff to do in the first half of the movie, I thought Mary Bennett. And part of the reason I chose her is because I think Tallulah Riley. Tallulah Riley yeah. is um, she does such a great job with Mary because the other performances of Mary are all very similar to each other, mm-hmm. and she's kind of written as a bit of a foil to the other characters Uh she doesn't have a lot of um real character development in the book but Uh you feel so um strongly towards mary in this particular version because Tallulah makes her so sympathetic Mm -hmm. and um you'll see that after this movie there are so many books written about mary and i think it's all (laughs) due to this performance because this really made people go I've never looked at Mary this way before. There's more to her. Yeah. So here's what we know about Mary. In the book, well, she's the middle child, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, Presumed to be either 18 or 19. Okay. 
So there's no specific um, age given. But, you know, considering her other sisters, that's what she has to be. Uh, she's considered the plainest Bennett sister. Mm-hmm. She has described as having pale skin, brown hair, brown eyes. Somebody <laughs> described her as usually bundled. <laughs> Which I didn't know what that mean, but I had to say it because it's the funniest descriptor I've ever heard She's of a person. Bundled. Usually bundled. At some point in the book, she is described, I think, by Mrs. Bennett as one of the most accomplished young ladies in the neighborhood. Oh, because you know she. She's she does, good. She tries. I think. Um, although she is, this is another description of Mary's piano play. <laughs> Mary had neither genius nor taste, and oh. though vanity had given her application, it had given her likewise a pedantic air and conceited manner, which would have injured a higher degree of excellence than she had reached. <laughs> 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 which oh. is like, yeah. I mean, she tries really hard. She's not great. But, you yeah. know, in that way of playing the piano as a person who has played the piano for mm -hmm. a long time not well <laughs> the more you do it the more you practice the better you get exactly so she so is... even if you're not great now mary i have faith in you she's on the right path <laughs> um and then here's one of the quotes that i love from her i think this is about when they're talking about going to the ball and she says far be it from me dear sister to depreciate such pleasures they would doubtless be congenial with the generality of female minds but i confess they would have few charm or have no charms for me i should infinitely prefer a book yes <laughs> i have had i mean i've become a real recluse the last you know maybe 10 years of my life <laughs> <laughs> and i um quite sympathize with mary <laughs> that sentiment i um, appreciate mary yeah <laughs> so um it does say at the end of the book and like the wrap up that after her sisters get married she starts to get more attention from her mother she no longer has to suffer such frequent comparisons about her beauty to her sister's beauty. Good. So she starts to feel better. And according to Jane Austen's nephew in a biography he wrote after her death, so take it with a grain of salt, she uh, supposedly told her nieces and nephews that ultimately what happened to Mary is that she married one of her uncle's law clerks, mm -hmm. Uncle Gardner. Okay. And was content to be considered a star in the Society of Meryton, which oh. is the town she's from. And honestly, I think Mary is perfect for one of her uncle's law clerks. That, I would say that that makes sense. Yeah. that's. I mean, she <laughs> doesn't like need she, to marry a rich man. She seems like she'd be perfectly happy. And her uncle is one of the, like, most, seems happiest people in the book. So, uh -huh. you know, he's going to hire good people. Good. Um, <laughs> so about the whole Mr. Collins thing. Uh-huh. Because in every adaptation, there's some hint that Mary is in love with Mr. Collins. And I always think, is this actually in the book? Is this just something that's just natural for people to assume? But there is a little bit of a reference to it. Mary rated his abilities higher than the rest of her sisters. And it said, there was a solidity in his reflections, which often struck her. And by no means so clever as herself, she thought. <laughs> She's got a high opinion of herself. That if encouraged to read and improve himself by such an example as hers, he might become a very agreeable companion. So I guess she did have a little bit of thought, like, a little crush, well, you know, maybe. if he were to marry me, I could fix him up, basically. Yeah, I could make him even better. <laughs> yeah. But at that point, he had already proposed to Charlotte, so. Sorry. What are you going to do? Um, there is a play written by uh, Lauren Gunderson. Mm -hmm. uh, she wrote a play that we recently saw, I believe. Um, yeah, let me look it up. 
Also by Margot Melcon. And the play is called Miss Bennett, colon, Christmas at Pemberley. And it's about Mary. Uh-huh. It's about her visiting her elder sisters at Pemberley for Christmas and getting into a romance with a shy bookworm named Arthur de Berg. So I ah. suppose in this play, um, maybe Ka- maybe Lady Catherine had another child? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, so I just looked it up. Um, that play you just said, the Miss Bennett, was 2017, so it's fairly recent. Oh. Um, and the one that we was uh, had heard about was Silent Sky. Oh, the, yeah, I took photos of that. They just did that in Jacksonville. Yeah, it was a really, that was a good play. It was really good. So in terms of spinoff books, two th- there's two from 2009. One from 2013, one from 2014, one from 2017, and there's another one coming out in 2020. So these are all after this movie, which is why I think that she had a real big influence on how we perceive Mary. I think so, too. And as far as sorting her into a house, a Harry Potter house, Mm -hmm. I think she's a Ravenclaw. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Thinks highly of herself, (laughs) is very bookish and smart. Yeah. is very just talented i I would say but yeah she's definitely got the the books she's got the smarts or you know she tries to yeah she she's a she values learning exactly there you go that's what yeah um astrologically my first thought was that she would have been could be a libra because i was thinking you know because of all of her intellectualism or Mm -hmm. you know wanting to be intellectual I was thinking she has to be an air sign because air rules the mind. Uh And I was thinking Libra because it's every Libra I know is a musician. (laughs) (laughs) And since she's a middle child, I was thinking scales. But then I read the description of a Capricorn and I thought, oh, Uh. that's what she is. (laughs) Because it says ambitious, persistent, realistic, sensitive, practical, and disciplined. Yeah. That's that's Mary. That's kind of her to a D. (laughs) Capricorn it is. Yeah. So... Yeah, she's a Capricorn. So I thought we could give our recommendations for this week. Um, let's. Do you want to start, Laura? Oh, I don't know. You guys go first. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to go? You go ahead, Christian. Okay. Um, my recommendation for this week is uh, an album by an artist named um, Rosalia. She's a Spanish flamenco. They call it New Flamenco. Oh. Um, and just like, just like, you know, a modern version with like, maybe some like, you know, beats like 808s and, you know, a little bit of like hip hop influence. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, her album, El Mazgarid, which came out last year. Um, and she's just got like this insane, like classic flamencan voice. Like I think one of the classic flamencan artists compared her voice to like the old times he was like it reminds him of the old days oh she's got this like, gore- like amazing voice she can dance she's amazing her songs are really good she it's all in spanish but it's so good and i like have been listening to this album on repeat for since i found it last year she's really good <laughs> i'm definitely gonna have to check that out like i said last time i um I'm not good at following music, so I pretty much just need everyone's recommendations <laughs> for what to listen to. Um, but you know what? You've inspired me, and I will say a recommendation, which pff, nobody needs to hear. Um, <laughs> but oh it's no. like the one artist that I have discovered in the past few years that I love with every fiber of my being and will <laughs> listen to her album over and over and over and over and over and feel like my best self. And that is Lizzo. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yes. So, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, if you haven't heard Lizzo, I know I recommend things that everyone has already heard. But, um, <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to recommend but, some things everybody's seen. You know, I, I am one to watch everything and still obviously miss the big ones. So if you haven't heard Lizzo, just I watch her Tiny Desk concert from mm. NPR. Oh, so good. And you will... N- Want to, yeah, you'll fall in love. <laughs> you will fall in love. I was saying, just so the listeners know, Maya does not keep up with modern music. She's <laughs> very much into, you know, 70s, singer-songwriter kind of thing. Really anything from back then. Uh, yeah. So this is huge, actually. Whatever my parents used to play in the car on road trips is what I know. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, Lizzo is a big deal <laughs> for her. It is a big deal. But what's yours, Laura? Okay, okay. I think I've decided to plug two Jacksonville bands. Oh. Ooh. And, and then I'm just going to say three of my favorite movies that I think everybody should watch. Okay. We'll just do one for this one and one for the other one. Okay. 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 So, uh, I just want to remind everybody <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, Radical Faces, uh, anniversary, 10th, 15th, 20th. I don't even know. <laughs> what, what, when did it come out? Anyway, uh, he's re-releasing his first album. It's all been remastered. It's all spectacularly beautiful. He grew up at Jack's Beach. Wonderful guy. Wonderful, amazing album. If you have not heard Ghost, album named Ghost, by Radical Face, please do yourself a favor and go listen to that. Uh, very singer-songwriter-y. Uh, one time I heard it described as uh, or minimal orchestra or something uh-huh. like that. I forget. But uh, it's very, very atmospheric. Are, it's very fun. Are you in that band? No, no. Radical Face Did is a single person. or him? Uh, I, I sold t-shirts on his tour one okay. time. <laughs> I thought you were in that So, yeah. So no, no, no. She did Ra- tour. Radical Face is one person. Okay. Ben Cooper. Uh, uh, the original version of Ghost was recorded in a, a woodshed in, a, uh-huh. in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> Old comfort farm. <laughs> yeah, but still amazing. Just totally amazing. One of the drum beats from one of his main hit songs was just him tapping his foot on a plank of wood. Oh. Um, oh, yeah, like... I think the piano he recorded that album on, like, completely died, like, just oh. broken to pieces after he finished recording that album. Then he burned it in the yard. Um, <laughs> but so that uh, they're redoing that album and they're kind of revisiting songs. And uh, I'm really hoping he does a shoegazer version of one of his more peaceful songs. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. But anyway, so if you like singer songwriter, folky, uh, orchestral type uh, arrangements, do yourself a favor. It's really, really good. Ghost, <laughs> radical face. Definitely. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. Awesome. I'll write that down. <laughs> and did you have another Jacksonville band you wanted to recommend? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, the Little Books. Um, it's a duo by uh, Rick Collado and Rob Rutenberg. I've never heard a more charming duo. Uh, they kind of share the space on stage. Like, They've got this extended drum set that they're both sitting behind, and oh, they both control different parts. And <laughs> Rob plays the flute and guitar and sings and plays the piano, and, and Rick plays harmonica and the, and the guitar and taps his foot on the bass drum all at the same time. And wow. they are just super, super, super charming. <laughs> like, charm your socks right off. That's awesome. Uh, so, but again, uh, uh, Radical Face and... Uh, Little books can both be found on like Spotify and things of this nature. Um, Which you can also find our podcast there. <laughs> yes, go Spotify. Um, but yeah, Rattleface, little book, little books. 
All right. Great. Mm. There you go. Yep. Um, oh, yep. oh, and if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at... Our website is mannersandmadness.com, and there you'll find any updates that we'll have with where what platforms we're available on. Um, you can find us on Twitter at mannersmadness, um, and on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. And our email is mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Yep. I think that's all. Did you want to plug anything else? Um, no. I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And come back next week where we'll finish our discussion of Pride and Prejudice. Kara Knightley. Kara Knightley version. <laughs> Joe Wright. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye.